All right. Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and a family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am here with the amazing Melissa Riley, Doctor of Psychology. Melissa is a mom without a mom, a clinical psychologist, an author, a TEDx speaker, and a coach for moms without a mom. She is passionate about helping mothers who don't have the support and guidance of a loving mom in their day-to-day life move from feelings of insecurity, isolation, and overwhelm to a place of confidence while they thrive as the mom they were meant to be. So thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa. Thank you so much. I am excited to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation. So I know I just gave your intro, but I always like to to give the guests a chance to tell me a little bit more about who you are and how you help who you help. Well, I've been a clinical psychologist now for 23 years and have owned my group practice now for 17 of those 23 years. Um, And that was my entry point into entrepreneurship. And more recently, I became a coach specializing in working with moms without a mom. And that's when I entered the online work space. And that has been a whole new adventure that I've really enjoyed. And one of the things that I've found is how important it is to have a sense of community. Mm -hmm. Because as a mompreneur, mm-hmm. you know, many of us recognize that we can't do everything. It's just impossible. There's way too much to do. And one of the primary people moms tend to get support from is from their own mother. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a mom, that can make that whole process a little bit more challenging And so I'm here to let all of the mompreneurs out there who don't have the support and guidance of a loving mom by their side know that you're not alone. And sometimes you may feel different because you are different. And I can get into that as we talk. Yeah. I mean, I love your mission. I think it's incredibly, incredibly important. And it it, it is really hard as a mom Um, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, there's so much on our plates, so much we're dealing with. Like you said, we can't do everything. I believe we can do anything, but we can't do everything all at once. That's a lesson I've had to remind myself over and over again. Um, For sure. And it, it is really important to have those, that support system in place. And that can be hard if you don't have that built in support, like, like, family close by or or someone there that you can talk with. So what is kind of your framework? Can you talk a little bit to how you actually help people go through this process? Sure, sure. So I became a mom later in life. I was just a few days shy of 38. So I had lost my mom over a decade prior. I was only 25. And so I had gone through many years of grieving and gone through the different milestones of being an adult without a mom. So I expected that once I became a mom, you know, it would be just fine because after all, I had 
you know, the education, the background, the training. I mean, my goodness, I had taught child development and parenting at the graduate level. I had seen hundreds of new moms help them with their anxieties. But when I became a mom, I was surprised by how much grief and longing I experienced. And it caught me off guard. Not only was I experiencing the feelings of sadness, but I didn't understand what was going on. So I was left feeling badly about myself. I felt like there was something wrong with me. Why couldn't I make this work the way other women seem to make it work? And so oftentimes when we don't understand something, we blame ourselves for it. Mm-hmm. And it took me several years continuing to see patients before I started noticing other moms like myself who didn't have the support and guidance of a loving mom by their side, either because their mother was deceased or because they did not have a healthy relationship with their mother mm-hmm. or their mother lived on a different part of the planet than they did. And I started noticing these patterns and I became really curious about that. And so I started doing some research. Um, And over the next several years, after interviewing hundreds of moms and working with hundreds of moms and really start focusing on not only my experience, but their experience, I started noticing that there were three common features that were very common, but unique to moms without a mom. And they include an unexpected grief experience that can pop up. Um, So so there needs to be a a healing process that occurs. And the grief isn't necessarily for the death of somebody, but it's for the loss of of something we've always wanted. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what your own experience of being mothered was. It is natural and normal to want a healthy relationship with a mom. And if you don't have it, or you've never had it, you grieve that you don't, and perhaps you never will. And so that's one area of focus. The second area is this idea of mom community. And this becomes really important, particularly for entrepreneurs. So as I mentioned earlier, a mom tends to function in multiple roles when there's a healthy relationship with her daughter. Mm -hmm. And those roles include things like giving advice, emotional support, providing assistance, and helping out in emergencies when they occur. Now, if you're a mom without a mom, you don't have that. So you have to actively create that. And then the third area is mom identity. Who are you as a mom if you don't have a mom to learn from or you didn't have a good mom and want to make sure you're different from her? So those are the areas that are common. And I work with with the, the women that um, I coach. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I, I mean, I can hear the passion in your voice as you're talking about this and and I, I can't, I can't even begin to imagine um, how hard that must be to go through the process of, of, of becoming a mom 
and and dealing with all of the challenges that that comes with that as well as all the life challenges and business challenges and everything without having your mom there and um it, it just seems so impactful what you're doing yeah and, and like I said it was it's the little things right and mm-hmm. so when our babies are small you know you know, we all laugh as, as moms, you know, getting a shower is a luxury type of mm-hmm. thing, but, um, you know, it's those little tasks that can feel really unsurmountable. We, we can't just, you know, have grandma come watch the kids when we're busy. Um, we have to find those people and that takes energy. And sometimes we don't have that extra energy. And so we have to come up with strategies on easy ways to have those people in our corner. And for me, what I found was there are four critical people in our life that we need to have around. Mm-hmm. And I like to call them first, the wise woman. So, and and this, I find a lot of parallels in business as well as motherhood. So the wise woman, this is the person that knows things. She has lots of knowledge and loves to share it and is very generous with giving advice, suggestions, and guidance when we ask, and sometimes even if we don't ask, Mm -hmm. but she's there with the information. If she doesn't know it, she's pretty good at getting it. The second person I like to call an emotional supporter. And so this is the person who is really good at listening. So they don't give advice. They don't try and cheer us up. They just let us be where we are. And so whether that be in the parenting world, when our toddlers just are inconsolable or a teenager sneaks out for the second time in a month and we just don't know what to do and really don't want to hear ideas. We just want to vent. Those are the ones we go to. Or we had this big idea that we thought would fly in business and it didn't. And we just want to be consoled. It's the emotional supporter that will let us be where we are and and hear us. Mm -hmm. The third person is a go-getter. And we all know these people, they have tons of energy and they seem to have these superpowers of being able to get things done and no matter how busy they are. So this is the one that will help you carry your diaper bag while she has three children in tow, her briefcase and a stack of snacks for the baseball game. And you're there with your one child trying to figure out how to get everything together. (laughs) Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. just have it, you know, that's their skill. They're really good at task orientation. They're high energy, lots of energy and um, ability to um, follow through. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is like that. I, for example, still have laundry in my dryer from two days ago. <laughs> I am not good at getting things done, but I'm very good in other areas. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth uh, person I like to call the late night talker. And so this is the person that is available during different times, right? So it, it may be at night, 
they may be in a different part of the country or the world, but it's people we can reach out to either in person or digitally online who can be available at off times because let's face it, both in entrepreneurship and in motherhood, our schedules can become chaotic mm-hmm. and nine to five just doesn't cut it. So having somebody fill all four of those roles or four different people fill mm-hmm. those roles mm-hmm. becomes important because like I said, it is not normal for us to fill all of those roles unless it's for our own child in a healthy relationship. It's very rare that we can fill all those roles. So it's important to know not only what your strengths are so that you can offer them effectively, but know what the strengths of your friends are. And they don't have to be just friends. They can be other family members. They can be colleagues, work besties. They can be professionals like coaches and uh, clinicians, mental health professionals, uh, sports team organizers, you name it. Your community can be filled with people but make sure there's at least one in each of those groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love that framework as you were talking through that. I was thinking through just how important all of those sections are in, in just a normal business world, you know, how we all do need that support one way or another. Um, and I was thinking through in my head, all right, who checks those boxes? Like, who do I go to for for the advice? Right. Who do I go to just to listen and and all that. Um, who's the go-to person who actually gets stuff done all the time. And, and uh, it's funny because actually my business partner and co-host of the podcast, Michelle, like she, she's that person for all those things for me. So I'm like, Oh man, that's perfect. I love her. Um, but it, it is like, there are certain communities that you can go to, you know, I was thinking through, you know, who do I, what, which community, which business community do I go to when I just want to vent about something and I know there's going to be people there, no matter who they are, you know, but there's going to be people there who are just going to listen and support and be there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I do have different communities where if I want really actionable advice, I'll go to that community instead and post something for, for feedback or something. And so I think that's really, really interesting and insightful and how that can play out those different support roles Um, whether it be an individual, you know, covering multiple roles, multiple individuals, or even utilizing those groups and such. That's really, really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And when we're hiring staff or we're building a team, you know, if you're at that point in your entrepreneur journey, it becomes important to also look at for each position, what is it that you're needing? Mm -hmm. And then what is the skill set of the person you're hiring? Because, not all VAs are great with being a go-getter, even though that might be what we're thinking we're hiring them for. Mm-hmm. They may be better you know, at providing the information and knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe it's more of a, a strategist or something. You know, so again, it's, it's really, what is it you're looking for and needing? And is it fitting with the people you're bringing around you? So absolutely. That's a wonderful idea to bring that into the hiring as well. If you are growing your team, I, you know, come to think of it, I have, um, I just saw an application for another business owner who she's hiring someone. 
just to bounce ideas off of. Like that's, that's the person she wants. She doesn't want someone to go do it or anything. She just wants someone to talk to. And, you know, I looked at that and thought, really, you're hiring for that, but it makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. actually. And that's something she's, that's, that's the gap she needs to fill. So that's perfect. Yeah. This past year, um, when I've done a lot of building of my coaching program, mm-hmm. I've had multiple coaches because they, I found that they each naturally fit different areas and I was gravitating to them for different aspects of what I was needing at the time. And even though I have been in business, you know, for over 17 years, my clinical practice looks and runs very different than my online coaching practice. Mm -hmm. So there was huge learning curve and growth. And in the beginning, I didn't even know what I needed to learn, but now it's been really wonderful because I've been able to really look at, again, using that framework of, all right, in this situation, what is it that I'm needing? Who do I go to? And I know I'm going to get the answers without mm-hmm. feeling frustrated by one person where it's not their skill set. And so even if you're seeking out, you know, coaching yourself and some of that, I get more effectively through peer masterminds or through online groups or communities. So yes, it becomes really important to, to know what you're looking for, both personally as well as professionally. And there will be some overlap. I mean, some of my um, work community has mm-hmm. kind of slid into more of a personal mm-hmm. um, piece as well. And, and so my mom community is growing in that way also. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about your journey and growing those different branches of your business and what that looked like for you as a mom as well? Sure. So when I began, I was working for a hospital as a psychologist. And so I was just an employee, very happy with what I was doing, you know, doing my clinical work, loved it. And um, a colleague who I was friendly with who had left the hospital to go into her, uh, another group practice approached me about going into private practice together. And I dismissed it offhand, but my mind kept going back to it over the next couple of days. I'm like, Ooh, I should look into this. And so, you know, we did lunch and we started talking and by the end of lunch realized, Oh, we are going to do this. So you know, I took a like community college course on being an entrepreneur, um, which is completely outdated, you know, it was, you know, but, um, you know, I didn't even know terms like accounts receivable, accounts payable. I didn't know anything at all uh, about it. So going in with a partner was really helpful because she at least knew a little bit about group practice. Um, And so I got my feet wet there and learned a lot and we did everything ourselves, which I, I recommend before we hired other people to do things so that I understood, you know, bookkeeping and, and how to do things. And thankfully that part of my brain um, was very excited about it. So then fast forward and 
I start stepping into the online space. And in our clinical practice, we had a very good reputation. Our marketing, um, the first year or two was, um, providing some workshops to local physicians and guidance counselors and community members. So we developed a very solid name for ourselves and we never advertised. We never did any marketing beyond that. And so our practice just grew from our reputation mm -hmm. and just be really good in our community. And we located ourselves in an area that wasn't saturated. And so it worked really well. Now going into the coaching space, which is uh, more saturated and it's online mm -hmm. and it's different, I needed to learn all things marketing. And to be perfectly honest, Olivia, I didn't even really know what that word meant. <laughs> Many people don't, even after they've done it for years. Right. Um, I didn't know what terms like sales funnels were. Mm -hmm. No clue. Um, Opt-ins. I don't know what that was. Email lists. So literally, I was starting at ground level, and I really just wanted to add some wellness to my clinical world. Um, yeah, that was where I started. Let's do some wellness. <laughs> well, so the first person I engaged with really helped me recognize I can't just go into wellness. Um, that is too broad of a term. Mm -hmm. And what is it that I'm actually doing? People aren't just going to say, oh, Melissa, you seem nice. Let me go see you for wellness. So it took me um, about nine months before I was really able to recognize what it was that I was passionate about. Um, because initially, you know, I was like, bonding with babies because that was a really difficult time for me. And I recognized that I had already been seeing these patterns and been going in that direction, but I thought, all right, let me focus on helping moms and babies bond. And I didn't recognize that in my head, I was talking to those moms who didn't have a mom, but I wouldn't say that I didn't make it you know, clear right. because I didn't want to, again, pigeon my hopes whole myself. Right. And so I was still just kind of vague, nothing was hitting. And then finally I realized, no, you know, I really am talking about those other mothers like me who don't have that. And once I finally really embraced and recognized what I was already doing, what I was already passionate about, then everything started to fall into place. Mm -hmm. uh, because I had already been um working out that framework without knowing what a framework was in my clinical practice, right? These were things that we had talked about with the patients I saw clinically, you know, and, and what I mean by that is these are women who go to see a psychologist because they're experiencing some depression or some anxiety or life situations that are getting in the way of their functioning. So I knew what I was talking about. I knew what those commonalities were. So it wasn't like all of a sudden I woke up and said, oh, let me figure this out. I already had been doing that. But I didn't, again, have the business language to understand how to operationalize that in more of a coaching model because mm -hmm. my my therapy is very individualistic. You know, it's it's 
Right, right. Very individualistic. So, so then for the next nine months or so, it was about being able to really delineate what is it that I'm doing that is more applicable to an online space, being able to label, identify, and create those frameworks, and then speak to the transformation, speak to the pain points, and became clear and it's just all flowed from there and then recognizing okay so what are the then what are more than nuts and bolts pieces and the first year I didn't have a lot of tech that made a lot of sense I pieced things together and then it took me about a year till I found the tech pieces that put it all together in a way that works for me. I learned things, you know, about website design and email marketing, and I was seeking all of that out. Now, I am very fortunate that I have, like I said, a very thriving group practice that I'm, you know, the, the co-owner of. So I have my day job so that I didn't need to be making money mm -hmm. as I developed my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. And that was, I, I think that's really critical to hear is because, you know, I think sometimes, particularly if there's that need to make money right away, there can be a setup to feel real disappointed for me, huge learning curves. I can't believe how far I've come in such a short period of time, but to be able to do that, I needed to have the other income coming in and to be able to continue to do that, but not have to have tons of my energy going towards it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, by the way, I got my start as a wellness coach also. <laughs> um, and it was funny because I, I had my life coaching certification at the time I'd gone through all that training. Um, but I didn't want to call myself a life coach because I felt like that was getting really cliche at the time. Yeah. And, you know, I just, so I called myself a wellness coach instead, but yes, what is wellness? And it, it yeah, all, it all mean, starts right? to come in. And then, and then, like you said, my niche kind of identified itself. I realized then what I was really teaching and who I was teaching it to and what I was passionate about. And, right. and my clients kind of self-identified the niche. Like I, I realized that I started working with a certain group of people. They were all entrepreneurs and then they were all identified as female. And then they were usually moms. And mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, look, this is what I love talking about. And this is what people love hearing from me. So um, I, I think that's kind of an interesting thing to highlight and how, that how that niche can kind of develop how you can can find that out even if you try to keep it super broad um yeah, yeah it'll it'll find its way <laughs> it and it does and that openness to letting it come becomes so yes. important and you know you're at the right place when again your heart just sings yeah right when it just comes out of you and you get excited and and again people are excited with you and and it it did take it you know, it took me a you know while to get there. And what's interesting is in, in the beginning, once I came up with a the niche mom without a mom, I had a number of people give me the advice of narrowing it down, 
to one category, right? Either by death or by, you know, the emotional separation or physical. And I was, I was adamant, like there was something that was keeping me from doing that. I was like, no, no, I, I don't want to do that. Even though they, they can be very separate groups. Mm-hmm. And over time I realized I fit into all three of those categories and mm-hmm. there are commonalities and it's that commonality that I speak to. Right. Um, and so, you know, there may be small differences or maybe big differences in some of the marketing, but you know, the, the areas of growth can look really different. And again, it's that, that passion piece of being able to build a sense of community amongst the three groups. And I can't tell you how many women that I've worked with, or, you know, that have heard me speak that said, you know, thank you for including me in that group, because I never know if I should say something because my mother's alive and I don't want to offend people. And I'm like, yeah, I want you to be able to, to recognize, right. Because you've had to make these tough choices and you are a mom without a mom. The fact that she's living doesn't change that. So, you know, I'm not talking to, you know, moms whose mothers have died. I'm talking to all moms who who don't have a mom for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And that is self-identified. It's not for me to say whether your mom is in your life in a meaningful way or not. It's for you are. And if you feel that absence, then there are things we can do. And that's the other piece, right? Is that I'm I'm never going to have a mom again. That's not going to change. Um, But what has changed is my awareness of how it impacts me, when it impacts me, and then what I do. So those impacts are not negative. So they're not disruptive to my life. I mean, there will always be times like when my son is performing at his elementary school musical, like he did, you know, two weeks ago that I'm going to get sad because I'm thinking about my mother and talking to, want to talk to her about it. Right. But I recognize that, Oh, that's grief. It's okay. It's normal. I'm not going to avoid it. I'm going to talk to her as if she were there. I'm going to honor that and then redirect my attention back to the stage and continue to have an amazing time. And, you know, my mom was an entrepreneur as well. So it's another thing that we have in common. And, oh my gosh, would I have a million questions for her? Mm-hmm. See, those things aren't going to change. And having a yeah. coach isn't going to change the fundamental fact that I don't have a mom. And I, as a coach, will never replace, you know, somebody's mother. But there are a lot of things we can do that can minimize feeling stuck or angry, jealous, alone, or like I did feeling incompetent as a mom. So, you know, that's the work that can be done. I like, I really, I really like what you said of being able to identify that emotion instead of trying to push it away, just identifying it, accepting it and and doing what you need to do and then moving on from there instead of spending so much time and energy trying to pretend that that emotion isn't there. Right. Yeah. Right. And grief is simply an emotion, just like happiness, sadness, love, curiosity. 
Grief is not something to avoid or to fear or to just get over. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's an emotion we can feel intensely. And so sometimes there are things we need to do within our bodies, within our, our mind to help experience the intensity in a way that we don't become derailed by it. Yeah. Well, Melissa, I could keep going forever here, um, <laughs> but do you have any last minute bits of advice for the listeners? Well, first and foremost, I want you to know that you aren't alone. And if you feel different, it's because you are, and that's okay. And I have an open door policy. I am available for um, free coaching consult to anybody. So including your listeners, reach out, be happy to help you figure out what is your biggest need, you know, provide a little support and build those mom communities. That's very important. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. I'll definitely make sure your information is in the show notes. Um, do you just want to say your website or where people can find you right now? Just in case. Sure. Absolutely. I am at momswithoutamom.com. You can follow me there or go there. I'm also on Instagram, also at momswithoutamom.com. And I just published a book called Thriving as a Mom Without a Mom. And that you can find on my website or Amazon and learn more. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. I really appreciate the conversation today. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, thank you so much, Olivia, for having me here. Pleasure. And thank you all for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we would really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.